Hey, welcome home, everybody. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. You're watching Legacy Television. We're glad you tuned in today. On behalf of my wife, Sarah, and I, we welcome you literally to our home. That's why we say this at the beginning of every one of these broadcasts. We want you to feel like you're at home. We want you to believe that you're at home. Uh, we also say it because that's what we believe our mission field is. We believe your living room is our mission field or wherever it is you're watching or listening to this broadcast. We wanna get the word of God to you wherever you are. But uh, yeah, this is, this is our home. Isn't it just nice and lovely and clean back here? What you can't see is the laundry hanging on these chairs right here and then the stuff scattered around the living room. But that's cool. I'm sure your house is prim and perfect and you never have any of that. But we want you to know you're at home in our house. But more than that, we want you to know you are at home in the family of faith in what the scripture calls the household of faith. You know, what Sarah and I believe about our assignment, the assignment on Pearson's Ministries International and what comes out of this place, Legacy Studios, we believe the assignment on it is to serve our generation with the word of God, teaching them how to live by faith in the day of grace. Faith is the house that we were born into. Faith is the house that we live in now. Faith is the house we're bringing our kids up in. And those of you who are parents, you've got little ones, or maybe you've got kids that have grown up and moved on, you know as well as I do that uh, from the time they come into your life, they are on your mind. You are thinking about them and you are doing things and making decisions in life based most often on the way it affects your little ones. And the truth is, every generation, it, how do I say it, Lord? Every generation serves as a bridge from the generation that went before them to the one that's coming. Right now, Sarah and I have little Justice James and little Jesse Grace growing up in our house. At this moment, Justice is right about six years old. Uh, Jesse's not quite three. And they are always on our heart, always on our mind. And we are serious about them and their generation getting the word of God and not just getting it, but taking it, taking it further than we're able to, taking it further than the generation before ours was able to go. That's what we're serious about. That's what this ministry is about. It's about getting the word to our generation and making a way for the next. So that's the reason we're doing this. That's the reason we're getting into the Word of God the way we are. That's the reason we preach it. That's the reason we believe it. That's the reason we live it. It's not just for us, but for the ones that are coming after us. It's time for our generation to get serious about the one that's coming because there's things, there are things that you and I can do in our generation and in our lifetime. And yeah, there are hardships, there are things that are difficult, but if we won't quit in the face of them, then they'll be easier for our little ones to face as they become our age and older and doing the things that God's called them to do. We are serious about the generations getting the word of God. So let's pray together today and we'll get right into the word. Father, we worship you. We ask you, Lord, for eyes that see Jesus and ears that hear his voice, hearts that understand who we are in him and who he is in us. As we go before your word today, we are mindful of the change that can take place in us when we're open and ready to receive it. Give us eyes that see and ears that hear. We receive that from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Last week and the week before that on the broadcast, 
we began uh, asking and endeavoring to answer a very common question. And that question is, why isn't it working? You hear that question asked a lot within the household of faith, within the family. You hear people wanting to know, why is it not working? Why is it working for them and not for me? And really what that is, is the voice of frustration. It's the voice of somebody who, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they expected things to turn out here, but they experienced things turning out down here. And it's that space between expectation and experience that oftentimes tries to breed frustration. But let me warn you right now, don't ever allow yourself to live in that frustrated place. That's not where you're called to live. And if something's not working, if you if you are endeavoring to live by the word and, and you wanna see the results that the word has promised to give you and you don't see it working, don't don't get frustrated, go back to the word and get answers. Don't live in that frustrated place because if you allow that to take root in your life, it turns into bitterness. It turns into resentment. It turns into a life being lived telling others, hey, that faith thing doesn't work. That word thing doesn't work. I tried that and it didn't work. The answer to the question is not sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. The answer can be found right here and where we began several weeks ago looking at what Jesus said. And we're in Matthew chapter 13, trying to find the answer to the question, why isn't it working? And Jesus in this chapter told a parable. Let's just read the parable again quickly. In verse three, he spoke many things to them in parables saying, behold, or look, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. You notice every time there, he uses the same word over and over, some seed. Some seed fell here. Some seed fell there. Some seed fell over here. You look in another translation and you find that what he's endeavoring to get across here is it was some of the same kind of seed. This is not different kinds of seed being planted. It's some of the same kind of seed. Every time it got sown, it was the same kind. And the reason that's important is because Jesus is gonna go on later and we'll see this today and say that the sower sows the word, that the word of God was the seed that was being sown. And as somebody who grew up in a word and faith house, in a word and faith environment, man, it really catches my attention to hear that Jesus himself said that three out of four times the word got sown and it didn't work. That, that startles me. That wakes me up. And I realize because I've said it before and I know if you're honest, you have too. It's not working. Something that's supposed to be working is not. And Jesus is answering our question. But what you need to know is that it didn't just stop after those three kinds of ground. If it did, you might think there's something wrong with the seed. But he said he went on and some of that same kind of seed fell on good ground and it produced some 100 fold, some 60, some 30. So the moment that it produced something, you know right then, nothing wrong with this seed. So if there's nothing wrong with the seed, you've got to go back and check the ground that it was sown into. Now, I don't want to take time on this broadcast to go back over everything we have in the last couple of weeks. If you missed anything, 
It's very simple to get caught back up. Just download the Legacy Studios app. The information's in front of you on your screen. Download that app. All the broadcasts are right there. Get caught up with this and, and get these things as a whole because we've already established some very important things about the foundation of all of this is having eyes that see Jesus. So after you have that, Jesus goes on in verse 18 here and he says, okay, now hear the parable of the sower. You're thinking, I thought we just heard the parable. He's saying, no, you heard it, but you didn't hear it. And I wonder how many times that is happening to people, Christians, family members in the house of faith. They're hearing things preached and they're like, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. Oh, I've heard that one before. But if it's not working for you, then even though you've heard it, the answer may be that you didn't actually hear it. You might have heard it. It might have fell on your ears, but it may, you may not have actually heard and gotten the revelation out of it that Jesus wanted you to hear. So he's going to say now, now hear the parable of the sower. Verse 19, let's get into this. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. So Jesus said in the parable that the, the first place the seed fell was that wayside. That wayside ground is that, that hard packed ground. Wayside is where people walk. That's the road, man. I mean, people are walking that road. Animals are walking that road. It's hard. It's packed. In other words, it's impenetrable. That seed falls on the ground, but it can't sink in. Did you catch that? The seed doesn't sink in. I think it's interesting that Jesus said that kind of ground is somebody who hears the word and doesn't understand it. And I find it interesting that we use the same terminology when we're talking about grasping a concept or understanding something somebody said. There are people who understand it and those who don't. There are those who the information sinks in and there are those for whom the information does not. But that expression of sinking in, I wonder if it's even got maybe some of its origins in here where Jesus said that seed got sown on that hard packed ground and it couldn't sink in. He said, this is the one who hears the word and doesn't understand it. Now, we kind of need some understanding about the word understanding. It doesn't just simply mean to, to get it. It doesn't just mean that you understand the meaning of it. It's deeper than that. The word understanding means that you, yes, you grasp the meaning of it, but you also grasp the nature of it. You, you grasp uh, not just the meaning and the nature of it, but you grasp the value of it. To really understand something is, is to grasp not just what it means, but to grasp where it comes from and to grasp the value that it possesses. You know, you, you can understand a lot about a gift when you understand where it comes from. You know this to be true. You've experienced it. I've experienced it. You know, somebody, somebody, maybe somebody you're related to, some crazy great aunt or uncle or somebody who everybody in the family is not totally sure they're actually related, you know, they've just been around a long time. And, and this particular person is always giving you things that they came across in their attic or basement that's been buried for about a hundred years. And, you know, they call you up and, hey, it's your great aunt. Who's he? What's it? And they, she's got a, she's got, I don't know, some, 
some necktie that your great, great, great uncle wore in the founder's parade and, you know, it's got mustard stains on it. Here, I want you to have it. And you're thinking, great, thank you. I'll, I'll get that sometime. And you have no intention. You have no excitement. You have no anticipation about this crazy gift. Why? Because this person's giving you stuff like this before and you kind of know where it's coming from. And just simply by knowing where it's coming from, even if you don't know what the gift is, it's kind of like all you have to know is who's given it. And it it kind of determines your excitement about whether or not you're going to get this gift. But then right on the other hand, let's say, for example, you have a rich grandfather. Anybody ever had one of those? Quick show of hands. Anybody have? I, I've got one of those. Let me tell you, if you don't have one of those, you got to get one of those. They're amazing. A rich grandfather, man. I, I have gotten the, that phone call before. Hey, Jeremy, this is your grandpa. Uh, this is Papa. I got something for you. The moment Papa says to Jeremy, I've got something for you, let me tell you, everything drops. It's like hang up the phone, find the keys, run to the car, slam it on, back out, peel out of the driveway. Get out of my way. You park at the house, you run up the steps, ding dong, I'm here, right? You understand the nature of the gift, the one that's giving the gift. Man, I've gotten some pretty amazing gifts from my blessed grandfather, my blessed grandparents, my blessed parents. I mean, they've given some pretty outstanding gifts. And when you know where it's coming from and who it's coming from, it changes your understanding. Even if you don't know yet what the gift is, you have an automatic anticipation. You have a built-in excitement about what it is just simply because you understand who's giving it, just simply because you understand where it's coming from. I mean, some of the gifts I've been given I make beautiful watches. One time it was a truck. A lot of times it's been money. You know, it's great stuff, man. And I understand Who's doing the giving? I understand where the gift is coming from. When you understand the nature of it, where it comes from, it will do more for you when it comes to understanding the word. And even if you don't have a rich grandfather, let me tell you something, you got a rich daddy. You've got a rich father God in heaven. And every time he says to you, I've got a word for you, he's saying, I've got a gift I wanna give to you. Now, remember, we're answering this question, why isn't it working? Why is my faith not working? Why is the word not working for me? Part of it might be because you don't understand it. You don't understand that this word is not the words of men. They didn't come out of men's heads. They didn't come out of somebody else's imagination. The word will work for you when you understand that this is God breathed. When you understand that this came from the highest authority in the universe and that every page of this thing is the express written will of God and to find out God's will for your life, all you have to do is go to his word because his word is his will. And these are not just somebody's ideas. These are not just the ramblings of mad men. These are the very words breathed and spoken by God Almighty. That's the nature and the origin of this. And that's what separates it in the understanding of this guy and this guy, this girl and this girl, 
Two people could hear the same word. Two people could hear the same message, sit in the same service. One walked out changed and one walked out bored. How's that possible? Well, the difference is one heard the word from God. One heard that word and received it as a word from God. Somebody else sat there and just heard it and said, yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, maybe you heard it, but you didn't hear it. When you understand where it comes from, now you're beginning to hear it. But to understand the word, again, doesn't just mean you get it mentally. And it doesn't even just mean you understand where it comes from. Even greater than that, you understand the value of it. You understand what that word is worth. When you grasp the meaning, when you get understanding of the word, even before you get what it means technically, even before your brain catches up and, and has a mental comprehension of the word, your spirit can grab a hold of it because you value it. Your spirit can grab a hold of it and say, that's my word, that's my answer, that's what I needed to hear. And your brain's going, what, 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 what? And your spirit's going, shut up, you'll get it later. Just, just forget about it. You grab a hold of it and you lay hold of that thing as your answer and you value the word of God. The word of God cannot work and will not work in the life of somebody who doesn't know how to value it. So when you're answering the question, why isn't it working, then you, you really what you have to do is answer this question. How do you see the word? Is it garbage or is it gold? You've got to answer that question. To me, for me, this is gold. This is greater than gold. This is the word that we live by in this house. I was brought up in a house that lived that way. And now I have my own house. My wife and I, Sarah, we are training our kids up by the word of God. And even at six years old and two years old, these guys are making confessions of the word. They're, it's so sweet. This table right here behind me, we sit here and have our meals. And Justice and Jesse, they, they not fight, but you know, they want to pray over the meal. Who's going to get to pray over the meal first? And, and you should hear Justice pray the word of God over the chicken, man. I mean, it's an awesome thing. It's awesome to watch him pray over the healing of our family and the healing of our bodies, to pray over his friends at school. This is awesome. Why would he do that? Because he knows in this house, the word is gold. This is treasure, man. And this is what we seek more than anything else in this world. We seek the treasure of the revelation of the word of God. You know, this was true in, uh, in Jesus' time. You could go over to the book of Mark, chapter 6. Look at this. Jesus, you know this, he travels in and around in all these different cities. And he's preaching in all these places. And the word tells us that he went about preaching and teaching and healing and healing and teaching and preaching and teaching and healing and preaching, preaching, healing, teaching everywhere he went preaching the word, teaching the word, and healing the people. So you know that when you see Jesus preaching, teaching, healing, that he's doing the will of God. Jesus is the express image of God himself. 
When you see Jesus and you hear him, you are seeing and hearing the will of God for all men for all time. And Jesus showed up in his own hometown in Mark chapter six. In verse one, it says, he went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? So they were, watch this, offended at him. This is in his own hometown. This is among his own family. And everywhere he went before that, he's preaching and he's healing and people are hearing the word and they're being healed by the word. He moves on to the next town. They're hearing the word. They're being healed by the word. And then he shows up at home and he's preaching and they're going, who is this? I know who you are. What are you doing up there preaching? What are you talking about anointed? Get down from there, boy. We know your mom. We know your brothers. You grew up. That's the house you grew up in, right? Get, why are you talking about you anointed? Get down from there. Come fix this table you made for me. These people were offended at Jesus. That word means they were separated from him. They wouldn't receive from him. They wouldn't connect to what he was preaching. And when they don't connect to the preaching, they can't connect to the healing. And Jesus said to them in verse four, a prophet is not without honor. What is honor? Honor is just simply, simply value. Everywhere Jesus had gone and preached and he was teaching and he was healing, there was value for it. They came to him, they heard him, and that value, that faith that was put in Jesus and on what he was saying, it resulted in miracles. But he said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. He couldn't do anything. The same will of God to heal people that was present in this town, it was present in his own hometown, but it wasn't God's, it wasn't a lack of God's will to do it. His hands were tied. Where there was no honor for the word made flesh, the word couldn't do what the word wanted to do. So if you're asking today, why isn't the word working in my life? Remember, nothing's wrong with this seed. You've got to go back and ask yourself, is this word that he's given me, have I treated it like garbage or do I treat it like gold? Because Jesus said, when that seed fell on the wayside, the birds came and devoured it. It was just laying out there. The birds were like, you're not going to do anything with that seed. They're going to take it. And he said, Satan comes immediately to steal the word. When you don't value it, you leave it unprotected. Satan comes immediately to steal it. I'm out of time on this broadcast, but I think we're going to keep getting in this uh, next week. So I want to make sure you hear that because I want you to live a life where Satan cannot steal the word that gets sown in your heart, but you're going to have to value. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. 
You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.